Welcome to the Self-Subscribed Podcast. Welcome back, you guys, to another episode of Self-Subscribed. I'm your host, Amy. Please remember, again, I'm not a professional. I don't give out good advice, but I give out solid advice. I give out the best advice that I have for myself, um, and you can choose to follow along, or you can choose to totally ignore it. Today, I have a special guest. I have my friend Hannah with me. Hi. Hi. Um, we are going to be talking around the realm of relationships. So, uh, first of all, I will say that I have been told by people that there are no jokes on my show. There's not. I love you dearly. That's <laughs> why you there. had to bring me on. You need some there, comic relief. There are great. No jokes. As um, I have no voice, I lost my voice a week ago, and this is the best we got. It's so, good. You have a lovely voice. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, so, okay, I'll tell you a joke. Let's hear it. <laughs> the, first, the first one I got from the internet. Oh, okay. This like is great. Like scroll, scrolling through <laughs> Instagram. Um, what do you call a book club that's been stuck on the same book for years? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Actually, I've never heard this one. Church? <laughs> my mother would kill me for laughing at that so one. Bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my, my mother would kill me for laughing at that one, and I'm going to have to tell her it now. I know. I would never right? tell my parents. God, my parents would kill me. They'd be like, that is so That's awful. That's I live six hours away. It's perfect. 100%. <laughs> so, okay. Then this one I told to my kids. Oh, good. Okay. They're like, that's stupid. Oh, which means I'm laughing my butt off. Okay, <laughs> good to know. Okay. What do you call a flock of sheep rolling down a hill? I, I don't know this one either. <laughs> a lamb slide. <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes for the dad win. Dad jokes. Oh, I freaking I love, love dad jokes. Uh, thank you, Instagram, oh, for love that. It, love it. Goodness. Uh, so, so I have not known you for very long. No. Uh, I swear. When did I start coming to spin? Like... Not quite six months ago. Probably. No, it was right. I think it was right when I started it. Probably. So yeah, really not all that long. Not that long ago. Um, I think you were like in one of my first couple classes. I think I missed like the first one, and then Rachel was like, "You gotta try." I don't know. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like whatever. You know, when your boss tells you to do something, you're like, "All right, I guess I gotta try it I at least." I and then I got try. hooked, and I have only missed a couple. That's right. Just because of you know life. That's right. You missed last time. That's Which was because the other really half hard. is busy working <laughs> and he can't watch the baby. So totally fine. Yeah. But you have one more opportunity before summer break. Okay. And okay. I'm going to make it a special one. Oh, which means I'm going to die. You're going to die. Oh, I'm going to die. Um, but you showed up <laughs> with your little seat cover. I did. I brought my $15 Amazon seat cover. Which was fantastic. saved my butt. Yes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this girl, she is smart. She's into this. Like yeah. some people you don't know, like if they're going to stick with it. No, I, I don't make it easy. It. No, you do not. Oh my gosh, you do <laughs> not. But I fell in love with it. And I was like, you know, what? if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. about halfway through it all. 
all, I could finally take the seed cover off and didn't want to cry like two songs into <laughs> the set. So it worked out well. No, you do so good. And I love having you there. You're like this ray of sunshine. That I'm the comic in. relief. Like, you are. 100%. Like yelling at you because the song is too hard. Because <laughs> it's too hard. I don't write the music. Okay. Oh, ever. You plan them. It's miserable sometimes. And then you bring out those darn three pound weights and those kick my butt. They do. Time. We, so when we're on the bike, we have um, a set of dumbbells that are three pounds. Which and doesn't seem like a lot, no, but it is. Oh but my it gosh. is a lot when you're doing a lot of reps. So we just kind of pedal on the bike and there's no specific speed that we choose or anything. Just try not to fall off speed. You, right. Yeah. You want to like hold it. your core, keep your balance, whatever. But we do a lot of like shoulder presses and row type stuff. Yep. And then curls. Yep. Oh, the curls. Yeah. The curls always seem like a thing. You're like, oh, I can do it. One yeah, more. <laughs> it's crazy. It's super, super crazy. It is a lot harder on the bike than standing on the floor. Sometimes oh, I'll prance around on the floor. Um, yeah, but you're like being very encouraging and like cheerleader for us. So it works out well. Like it makes you want to keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> good. Because I know like it, it's, it gets really hard, yes. but that's the purpose of the class. And that's why we go It is to get better. But that's how we met. That's how we met. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time. It was. So I learned recently that you are divorced. I am. Yeah, about two years now. Which is shocking because you are so young. <laughs> I just turned 30, so I'm not right. as young as I look. <laughs> you're, but you're very young. That's young. Usually young to get divorced. Yes. Yeah. Um, we were only married not quite a full year and a half before mm-hmm. we ended up divorced. Uh, yeah. We were together for like... Five, six years before, thought it was going to be all great, ignored all the red flags and warning signs. As one does. Said I do, did the whole, the whole shebang. And then after about a year, it was like the year mark, all of a sudden I like, I opened my eyes up finally a little bit and I was like, oh, so this is not as great as it should be. Right. And so I kept trying to like work on things with him and like talk with him. And as you know, with narcissists, uh, it's really hard to get them to admit there's anything um, still to this day, he tells people, well, I don't know why she left. We were in marriage counseling for like weeks before we'd openly talked about divorcing. Um, we knew exactly what, who was going to get what on the divorce papers. Cause mm-hmm. we did our own when we filed the same day, didn't even realize it. Thankfully the clerk at the court was a friend of both of ours. So she like grabbed them both and was like, these are exactly word for word. I was like, there's no way. No, no way. Oh and she let me read them. And they wrote, were like, except for he had his mom fill them out because it was not his handwriting. Oh, my God. <laughs> but she's had three divorces. So I'm like, only she knows how to do the paperwork. Okay. Um, so, yeah, to him it was, you know, oh, it was a surprise. And then the next story was I left him for a stock contractor. Mm-hmm. I just bought a brand new Dodge truck. So I don't know where this imaginary stock contractor is and why am I buying my own truck? Right. And then like a few weeks later, oh, she left me for a farmer. I think that was in reference to Ryan, who I now have my child with and stuff. I didn't meet Ryan until like after, obviously. Right. Which it was like less than 48 hours you, after I left my yeah. ex-husband. I met him. But you friends. left for you. I left for me. Yeah. Um, just when you're the only one trying to work at a relationship. Mm-hmm. And they just keep telling you, oh, there's nothing wrong. We're fine. We're fine. The gaslighting. The gaslighting. Oh, my gosh. I thought I was psycho, which Mm -hmm. I am in my own regard. But, you know, we're all a little bit crazy. But I admit I am. It's okay. Um, I thought I was just bat crazy, like horribly so, to the Mm -hmm. point I was always questioning myself and anything I'd say. And Wait, did I say that? Did I not say that? Yes. The gaslighting was horrible. And I have no tolerance for it now. Now that I like blatantly can see it. You can see it, you know. And I like can hear it in other people's conversations. And it's still a little of a trigger. 
there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, I got to like step away from this uh-huh. conversation because I know it's not probably what you're trying to do, but I'm going to lose it because like, ah, I can't do this. And anymore. I think a lot of people do that unknowingly. Mm-hmm. You know, we oh, always definitely. manipulate a little bit or we gaslight or oh, definitely. In- I think that's just human nature. Unfortunately, I think it is too, but there's a point in your relationship where you're going, this person is doing this on purpose mm-hmm. to attack me. And a same thing for me, like, did I really say that? Did yeah. I think that, like, did that happen? Because it was never his fault. Uh, Everything 100%. was my fault. And if I do something wrong. But you wrong, still would apologize first, even though it was his fault, Every right? single time. Because if the awkward silence and the pouting and the moodiness was just too yes. miserable to take. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I would say, <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And do whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And you know, by nature, I'm kind of a people pleaser type. And so I wanted to see him happy. And I was like, whatever it's called I can the do. the gift of mercy because yeah. I have that same problem. You're a people pleaser. You're <laughs> a fixer. Um, my mom has always told me I had that for years. Yeah. Never really believed her till I, you know, divorced, got away from it all, um, started hanging out with a, you know, new guy kind of thing. And I was very aware of like every little thing, like super sensitive about right. it. You're hypersensitive to Extremely. stuff. And I think like great guy, like still kind of friends with him, but like, I think I hardcore like overly ruined that relationship mm-hmm. because I was so over the top about it instead of just like letting it play out a little bit. And like, I was just like, ah, nope, that can't do is it. called self-sabotage. Oh, it was hardcore. And I am the queen of that. Oh, it was hardcore self-sabotage. And like looking back now, I'm like, yep, that, that, that one was me. Yeah, 110% was me. me. Yeah. Most because you're overthinking, you're overanalyzing, you're looking at every single conversation. Yep. Like, is that really what he means? Does he expect something different from mm-hmm. me? Is there something that I'm not doing correctly? And yes. you're thinking it to death rather than just letting it play out oh yeah most definitely and letting you know taking a step back hands up don't touch mm-hmm. and letting it go you're always like okay i have to not necessarily be in control but a step ahead so right. that you're not walking you want on to be prepared mm-hmm. because you don't want to be caught both your pants down basically yeah, yeah. in the situation where again it's your fault mm-hmm. and for me like growing up being a disappointment was my biggest fear Mm -hmm. being a disappointment to somebody was like soul crushing to me the the, i'm just i'm not mad i'm disappointed yes that was always the lecture and when i hear that from (laughs) someone who's supposed to be my life partner it's like i've really fucked up like i obviously am not enough for you Mm -hmm. and so now trying to regrow as an individual and learning I'm more than enough. And that's that was the hardest thing for me to unlearn. And I still have moments to this day where it's like, why am I not good enough? Why mm-hmm. was I not mm-hmm. good enough? And thankfully, I have good friends and family around me that are always kind of like, okay, Hannah, pull it together a minute. Mm-hmm. Think about it. No, you, like, you definitely are. But like that was the hardest thing for me for the first few months after the divorce was like, why was I not good enough? I, I gave everything. I tried so hard. I changed. I did this, that, yeah. la, la, la. And yeah, it was that I wasn't good enough. And then finally one day I was like, screw him. I was too, dang it. You were good enough. I tried. Like I made us go to counseling. I tried this. I did that. Like I was the ranch hand. I was the maid, the cook, the clean. I paid most of the bills and I made way less money than him. Like just ridiculous. But it took quite a bit to be able to like finally admit that to myself, which was the hardest part, which, you know, what's that saying, you know? first step is admitting it well it took me a little while it definitely took a while and it does because you 
you want to do that self-reflection mm-hmm. and you, but you don't want to break yourself down. Cause you're already so broken. Right. So like, why do you want to do it to yourself after somebody's already crushed you, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't need to tear yourself down. I think that's where a lot of women struggle in these same kind of situations is where they don't know how to pick themselves back up again. Oh, most definitely. And that's why I, I moved my entire life. I, Told him, like, Thursday morning, I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. I got majority of my stuff out Thursday afternoon. My parents were already coming up. They knew, like, the plan, what I was going to do. Um, and then Friday morning, I drove from Lewiston down to Payette, and I moved my entire life, picked up everything, left friends and stuff. Um, he was born and raised in the area, so it never would have been, like, a clean break, clean start. And right. thankfully, we didn't have kids, so I could do that. I didn't have mm-hmm. to, you know, like, okay, custody battle, thank goodness. Um, I think that was one thing that was super helpful was that I was able to like break away and financially I was in a spot. I didn't work for like a month and a half. I sat on the back of my horses and rode miles (laughs) and miles on all of the ditch roads. I think all the ditch riders in in, like the Ontario area know me and my horses at this point. Which is, Um, I mean, it's therapy. It was, it was, it was hours on the back of the horse, just sitting and thinking and reflecting. Mm -hmm. But I had that outlet to be able to pick myself up. I had good other friends and family like checking in on me and constantly talking to me and I mean I don't know how women do it when they have kids and you have to see them all the time I have not seen or spoke to him in over two years and it is wonderful you don't feel like you're missing out I'm not missing a thing and I hear all the stories and like the you know the dumb bs and stuff from people up there and I just I kind of chuckle like wow it sounds like his life's going real well like whatever like I'm very very happy but I had to take all that time. I'm just making my poor horses walk and walk and walk and walk. <laughs> That's what they're there yeah, for. Yeah, I don't get how, as a woman, especially when you have kids with them, and then you have to still see them and hear it. Like, how do you pick yourself back up? I it is hard. so much respect for women who have to deal with their exes. <laughs> like, an ex is supposed to be an ex. Like, I don't see you, you don't see me. Right. Not when you have kids. That season of your life is over exactly. Yeah, and I was able kids, to. It's not. I was able to have that clean break and just be like, deuces, I'm mm-hmm. out of here thankfully with the help of friends and family to do that but I could not do that that was that would be the hardest thing ever um that's one thing that I actually heard today was this lady talking about being a single mom and and I could totally relate to this obviously um but she was saying that her life as a single parent was you're not alone necessarily every single day you still go to work you do all these things but when you come home with your kids and that door closes behind you now you are both parents mm. and now you are alone because it's not, well, you split off one person makes dinner and mm-hmm. one person does the baths. One person doesn't check homework while the other person is you know, putting kids to bed or whatever. It's just you. And so you feel this overwhelming sense of just being alone. And that, that for me has been the hardest part oh, where it's like, I, no I don't know what on. to do with myself. Right. Because you don't have that person to help you. And so fri- trying to figure out life by yourself, whereas you got this chance, which is, I think, fantastic. It was the best thing that ever happened. Because you can truly learn who you are as a person and mm-hmm. an individual because you had that chance and that opportunity. And you well, got married so young, <laughs> you know, so you didn't have that. Full opportunity uh, to. How old was I? I think I was, we were. Tw- I was twenty six, twenty seven. We were together for like forever before we eventually got. Um, Liars. 
The wires were touching. Oh, wires are touching. <laughs> I, was I was like, like I hear a buzzing. Oh, okay, I was like, what's 20. going on? Oh, sorry. There was our squirrel moment, guys. Sorry about squirrel. that. Yep. Squirrel. <laughs> you get some ADD people together. And oh, it's like, my gosh. Hey. It was so bad. <laughs> and we even told ourselves we were not going to go off on tangents. Know, like, we're going to be good this time. Be good. <laughs> um, I've lost all train of thought. Getting of married young. Oh, yeah. So we were together for forever. Um, we were together like five years before he even like proposed and stuff. Which, wow. Yeah. I met, so I met him when I was 21, almost 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, we dated for like forever. And then it was like, I think he only kind of proposed because like family was kind of pushing it because we were like ranching and farming and he was getting more involved and they were like, well, did we pay her? Like she's here working her butt off, you know, oh or like, gosh. Or, like, we don't really want to give you X, Y, Z because, like, you're not married. But, like, so it just got, like, complicated. So I think that was, like, one of the big pushing factors. Um, Are we still buzzing? (laughs) I hear a buzzing. I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's the buzzing in my head. (laughs) You never know. Uh, So you guys got married kind of out of like a necessity kind of like one well, I always wanted to be married like I loved him I wanted to start life with him and a family right. and kids and all that um and the funny part was is that the kids thing is what really finally opened up my eyes to like oh wait things aren't as mm-hmm. you know hunky-dory as every as I want everyone to believe they are which the queen of being like oh no it's fine it's fine and like inside I'm like screaming and dying uh-huh. kind of thing like I can do this I'm fine I got this like I hate my mom always says you know when you say I'm fine, fine is feelings inwardly not expressed. Love it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it because it so calls me out on my bullshit every single time. Like kind of the whole, that's why I love to say, but are you, are you really? But are you? Yeah, yeah. Like that. I love that. I love that line. Cause that's like my little version of it. It's not my mom in my ear being like, okay, I know you're not actually fine. <laughs> um, but we had initially talked to that after. A year of marriage, we would start trying for a family and all that, which mm-hmm. by this point we've begun forever. And I was like, I'm getting older. And like, as a woman, you think about that kind of stuff. You right. do, you have to. Um, and then we'd had another conversation later and it, we were going to like move up our timeline by like six months, which mm-hmm. I was over the moon and sad about. I've always wanted to be a mom. I love being a mom. My child is a copy and paste of me, attitude and all. There's that payback my mother talked about. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. Love her dearly. Goodness, <laughs> she is sassy. I call her sassafras for a reason. Um, so that kind of timeline started, and I was like, hey, like, there's things we need to do to kind of prepare for that. Like, mm-hmm. if this is the direction we're going to go. And that's when the gaslighting, like, really became apparent to me. He's like, well, I never said that. And I was like... I still, to this day, I was driving us home. Uh-huh. I can picture the turn where he said it. And because I was just like over the moon ecstatic that he was like willing to move our timeline up by six months. Like, that's a big deal. Like, right. yeah. Kind of it was like, something you were excited I about. I was stoked about it. Like, finally, like we've been together for forever. Because uh-huh. he was always like super paranoid to have a kid before we were married and stuff. Which, like, okay, my mom would have killed me. And so somehow she didn't since I do have a child and I'm not married. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um... But then I'd be sitting there just racking my brain like, wait, did this conversation actually happen? Did I dream it? And then it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I know exactly where we were and how dark it was, like the turn. Like I remember everything because I was, this was such a big moment and that's when the gaslighting started. Uh, Well, it didn't start there, obviously. But that's Uh, when you really saw it. I saw, I like finally saw it. It was like, wait a minute. And it was just kind of like, 
one lie after another through like that's like spring and stuff. And then being (laughs) the person I am, I, we got to like spring, summer, and that's when rodeo started. And so I hit a rodeo or like a jackpot or a a moxie or a play day, like any horse event I could go to Uh for like every single weekend that summer. So I didn't have to be around him and stuff because it was just like, it was a distraction. And then all of a sudden he let me buy like this uh, horse. I'd, uh, I'd always wanted a blue roan horse, like dream mare, la, 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 la. And he was always like super anti against my horses and stuff. I, I love my horses. They're great. And I still have both of them. Um, he finally let me buy this horse and it was just like, oh wait, this is like another distraction. Like uh-huh. this is like, she's unstarted. Like she's going to buck me off, which <laughs> she did. She life flighted me like a month oh after, <laughs> a month after I left and all this crazy stuff. Um, but it just became so apparent that like this isn't actually what he wants. He's just telling me what he wants to hear, which was that I was fine holding off because I had this green horse that was gonna probably hurt me unintentionally, mm-hmm. and I wasn't about to do that while I was pregnant, kind of thing. So it was just a distraction after distraction, gaslight after gaslight, lie after lie, and I. Oh my gosh. And like, he would never ask how like my runs went at rodeos or like anything like that. Like he told me there at the end, out of sight, out of mind. So he was not a part of that life at all. No, he hated horses. Absolutely hated horses. Um, so, and it just was weird to me that like random friends on like Snapchat or Facebook or like stuff like that were like more interested in like how I'd raced that weekend than my own husband. Like the out of sight, out of mind line, like that one still crushes me a little bit. Like, Uh whoa, dude, we've been together that many years. Like we're married. We have a business. We have cattle. We have like all this stuff that we're doing like when we're busy. But if I'm not around, you can't be bothered even like thinking about me. Like you don't need to think about me 24 seven. Like I'm not that self-absorbed. Yeah. But I'm I'm your wife. Like, come on. Like I should at least cross your mind. Right. Like you're into it. So I heard something a while ago that made total sense to me. And that was when you're in a relationship with somebody and they have a hobby that you are 100% not into. You don't have to be into it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be in it, but you have to be interested in it because you care about that person. So you care about that person's Mm -hmm. interest in their hobby. Well, and that's all I wanted. Like, just ask me how. Just ask me. Just ask me because the horse I was riding at the time was very like new to all that stuff. He'd one I had finished out because I bought him from another friend who'd kind of got him started so it was, it was a learning curve. There was times where we'd knock a barrel and there was times I'd hit the fence. Like it was crazy. So there was fun stories to tell and right. he like didn't even want to hear them. He's the one person you wanted to tell. Yeah, exactly. And it got to the point where like, I didn't even bother. I would go tell like other people that like genuinely like asked like, Oh, how, send me your run. Like, how did it go? Like I had one buddy who's been in rodeo for forever and he was always the first one to be like, send me your run. Like, how did it go? And, like, that was another thing that, like, dawned on me, like, wait, wait, this, like, friend is asking me and stuff. And, like, but, Uh like, my husband's not. Like, he can't be bothered. It was just, like, okay, whatever. So I just was constantly on the road and gone all weekend long because I was, like, well, I'm out of sight and out of mind. So better than being at home. Might as well be. Well, and he was always, well, I'm working. And most people would be thankful that I'm working to provide for us. And I was, like, right. Wait, I, I work swing shift to be able to then feed all of our cattle, like take care of like the camper we were living in. Like mm-hmm. I do all the house chores. I do all the shopping. We had to use a laundry mat because we were in a trailer. So it's like, whoa, 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 like 
bro, it's not just you doing stuff. (laughs) Like I do a lot around here and I pay for a lot. Like that first paycheck I got after I left and didn't have to pay any of our bills anymore. I was like, I have so much money. Like, what do I do with this? <laughs> I am rich. Whoa. Like it was, I was so <laughs> dumb, but I was so excited about it. I went and bought myself these pair of cowboy boots I'd had my eye on for years that were like, I don't even want to tell you guys how much they were there. They're disgusting they were, about. They're made in the USA. So like they're, they're a pretty penny. Um, <laughs> but I still wear them and I love wearing them and I'm so proud of them because right. it was like my first like. Your first thing I, for you. Me, yeah, yeah, finally. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but so I got through the summer and then, you know, holidays hit and those are always just so tough. It's like, those are hard. I deal with this after the holiday. But like, I literally was like checked out like during Christmas because like I knew it was over when the out of sight, out of mind. And oh, you should just be thankful I'm even working and trying. But like, we'd sit in counseling and he like couldn't be bothered to talk. So, and like the counselor would like try to get him to talk and like, he had all these like rules and like stipulations and stuff and like how things could go down with all that. And it was just, uh-huh. it was like, okay, like this is supposed to be us trying, like, you know, and it was always, well, I'm not trying to be difficult, dude, but you but are. But you are. Oh my gosh. You're participate. So Help out. Like you say you want to be married and like love me and all this crud, but like you can't even be bothered to say two sentences at the therapy session. I have to pay for it. Like you're not even having me pay for yeah, it because we had separate accounts and all that. And it was uh-huh. very much like what's mine is mine. And like, you can have your stuff to the side, which worked out really good when I packed all of our crap and I took the camper we were living in and I pieced out. <laughs> I don't know where he's living <laughs> because of it. <laughs> Heartless a little bit. Do I care? He has family there. He's, he's okay. Yeah. I wasn't like super worried for that reason. I'm like, eh, he'll, no. find, he'll find a couch to sleep on or someone else to sleep with, which he did. I found oh, out about that. Did. I found out about that like two days after I left. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and that's a little bit expected, but it's yeah. also a little bit heartbreaking. It was. I kind of like expected I was going to hear something like that because I like knew his past and how he was mm-hmm. and like major flirt and all that, which never really bugged me because I was like, we're married. I know who, where he's going to be independent. And I like da 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 da. But then it was like, Dude, it hasn't even been like how many hours and like, okay, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of stuff that makes you feel horrible about yourself. Yeah. Like, and again, like, why wasn't I good enough? Mm-hmm. Always, always went back to that. So a uh, thing that helped through all that was though, I made, uh, it's my fuck you and your horse playlist on Spotify. I like it. Anybody who wants to follow it, go for it. I have, <laughs> I have quite a few girlfriends who have. It is the best like you know what? Screw him. I'm a badass. I don't need him playlist. And that thing was on like blast and on repeat like all the time. (laughs) I still listen to it. Happy, like life's all good. But like, I like the songs now because I made it through like listening to all that music. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Like music has helped me Mm -hmm. tremendously. You can just zone out. You do. You zone out. The best place for me to listen to it is in my car mm-hmm. with it so loud. Like your kids would be yelling at you. <laughs> I like it just, it could be any kind. It depends on my mood, mm-hmm. but music is so therapeutic. Oh, it is most definitely. Like I, I play music constantly grew up in a very loud household. So I mean, Dixie dances now. She like sits on her butt and like wiggles back and forth I can see that. To, the, to the music. She loves it, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that playlist like definitely helped through all of that. <laughs> it was ridiculous how many times I got repeated. <laughs> oh man. I was one of those. I giggled that if it had been, I'm going to age myself here, uh, back in the day of burnt CDs, that poor CD oh, would have been like worn you- out. Like you would have been able to read the Sharpie with like, <laughs> you know, the other day I went, to, I'm driving in my car and I took a very sharp 
left turn mm-hmm. and I put my hand up like by the right side oh, visor. Yes. So I was like, okay, they hit the head with the CDs. And I went, oh, fuck. I like, there's obviously no CDs in You're my like, car. Wait, how long has it been since I've even had CDs up there? And I'm like, but I still like had to shield my face from the round razors yes. going flying at me. Yes. Or, or trying to like dig under the seat for like when they got like the big bookcase ones. That, yes. Like, and then you're trying stick. to flip through the book as you're driving. I had siblings always with me, thankfully. So I was always like, find this one. I don't want to listen to that one. And it's like too bad. I'm the driver. I'm the driver. Yeah. yeah. My poor siblings, they never really heard music all the way through because I would get like music ADD and like uh-huh. I'd listen to the part that I wanted to listen to and like sing my little heart out and then like next so my one sister she told me she's like I used to get into my friend's rigs and they'd put on a song that like I knew because you had it on a CD she goes I'd get halfway through the song and I couldn't sing it anymore and someone finally <laughs> asked her no. what was up with that she goes oh well, the rest of the words <laughs> my sister changes it every time <laughs> I felt so bad for my siblings having to drive around but sometimes me. you just need that one burst or that mm-hmm. one whatever like there yep. are times I will listen to the whole song, but mm-hmm. I'll listen to it 12 times in a row. And my, my, <laughs> and my kids are like, can we change it now? <laughs> yeah, mine doesn't back talk in that way yet. So thank God. Not yet. Yeah, she's sassy. She, she she's will. She's very sassy. Yeah, she definitely will. So, oh, well. Oh, well. But do you feel now that like your life, you figured out who you are mm-hmm. as a person? It's a, it's a you, work in progress still, I feel like. You're learning your value mm-hmm. and your worth. And not taking anyone's shit. Do but not at the same shit. time, learning when it's worth fighting for and when it's worth to just walk away instead of continuing to try to fight. I actually had kind of a crazy thing happen. Uh, last week and I went down to one of my like best friends for over a decade's wedding. About darn time he proposed. I, <laughs> I love his wife. She's awesome. I don't know how she puts up with him. Um and my little brother was my date. Uh, so cute. Yep, yep. He's a great swing dancer, and I knew there'd be country music, and I, you know, he's single, and I needed to drag him out to, like, meet some ladies. Perfect. Everyone was there with, like, their spouse, because we're all older, unfortunately. Older 30? Mm, oh, no, no. <laughs> Kyle's got maybe, like, a few years. So okay. it was, like, 30s and 40s. Like, <laughs> okay, everyone I was, like, was, like with are you spouse. serious? No, I, whatever. You're not even that old. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and I had this drunk guy. That started, you know, it's your own wedding. Oh, you're here with the bride, the groom, you know, like, who do you know kind of thing. And so just started chit-chatting away, you know, in line for the, you know, grab a beer kind of thing. And bless his heart, he has apologized now because of all, like, I got a very, very formal apology from him uh, this morning, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, He called me a very obscene, like, that one, like, word you don't call women starts with a C. I would say, you know, we'll keep it a little bit clean. See you next Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) he called me at, like, five different times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I even asked my little brother, like, once I, like, drunkenly grilled cried on, like, the car ride home and stuff. Um, like if I was being like this horrible, like witch of a woman, he's like, no, you were very nice. Like you were just chit chatting, like trying to talk with the guy. Right. But he like, wouldn't let me walk away at the same time, which was really weird. But my little brother commented, he's like, you a couple years ago would have knocked that guy on his ass. He's like, you wouldn't have put up with that shit, like at all. And I told him, I said, you know what? It wasn't worth fighting with him. Like he was drunk. He's probably right. not remember any of it. And I was not going to start a problem at my friend's wedding. Like, that was way more important. Super responsible but and like, very mature. But like he said, me a couple years ago would have knocked him on his ass. My mom said the same thing. She's like, if you were still with your ex with all that anger and issues you had, like, 
Holy pickles, that would have been bad. <laughs> my thought was I can't let my little brother go to jail in Placerville, California of all no. places. Like he'll be there till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I say it's a work in progress. Like, because yeah, like I reacted good in that sense, but who's to say if it happened like a week from now, I wouldn't go knock this knock somebody else on their butt, you know? It's true. So it, it's getting there little by little. It's, you know, it's a roller coaster. Some days I'm like, I got this. And the next day I'm like, what in the hell <laughs> I am don't I doing with this. my life right now? <laughs> we all do that. We all mm-hmm. do that. And there's so many times where it's like, you feel like you're on top of the world and you are, you're mm-hmm. like this badass woman. I got this. You are a boss. You're like, mm-hmm. you're, you've got this. And then the next day you're like, it's just me. Yeah, what? All in, by myself. What in the hell? And am I have I doing? nothing. <laughs> I'm failing. I'm such a failure. And you let yourself fall into like these pits. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I do stupid things like I get busy at work or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll look at my phone and I'm like, nobody texted me all day. <laughs> and then I feel sorry for myself. And I'm like, why would it have even mattered? I've been at work all day. Mm-hmm. Like, is I there a conversation re- that even needs to be had like, right now? I couldn't have even responded, so why am I bummed about exactly. it? Exactly. People have lives. People have other things going on. And I'm like, I'm not the main character in everybody's story. I'm the main Dang character it. in my own story. <laughs> so, you know, you have to, like, show people grace. Oh, most definitely. That they have yeah. other stuff going on. You, you need those friends that, like, you don't res- respond for, like, three to five business days. And, like, they don't care. Like, that is me and my best friend of... Gosh, I think we're going on like 12 years of friendship now. Um, there's literally, there'll be like weeks where we like, we don't talk. And then all of a sudden she'll call me, you know what happened today? La, 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 la. And That's like she best. goes off and like you pick right up, but like she has two kids and works and like I have my kid and I work and we have, we both have horses and we're just, we're just busy. You have life. Yeah. And so it's so nice to like have those kind of friendships I think are super duper important because it's like. I don't have to talk to them like 24 right. They're seven. not needy. Yeah. But it's like, a healthy but you know, you still have that connection or if you're like, yeah, like no one texted me today. So you text your best friend like, Hey, what are you doing? And uh-huh. you're like, okay, good. I had, I got some connection. I'm good. Life's <laughs> I'm good. all good again. That's all I do. I just need some attention. <laughs> Poor Abby. And there's more than like, we'll Snapchat cause we love the little videos so we can actually like interact. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, I just need to vent. <laughs> and uh-huh. like, then it's like 80 million Snapchats after that. of like us <laughs> venting about like everything and anything from the minute we woke up that day. <laughs> yep. But um, it, having that is like, that was also huge to get through, you know, the learning to heal and move forward. And, sh- you know, having those friends that could just gently say like, you were enough. It was him. You know, like, mm-hmm. um not a lot of people are willing to go through that with you because it's like, yeah, you, you whined about this yesterday. Yes, we know he's a dirtbag. You kind of become a lot. Yeah, yeah, you do become a lot. And I thankfully had really good friends. Um, my first day, like, by myself and moved into my new place, um, my buddy from uh, college who I had moved in with because he had an extra room, he literally, like, banged open the bedroom door and was like, get dressed. We're going to the bar. We're going to Rizzoni's. Uh, we're going to go play pool with a bunch of people. And I'm like, Perfect. do I have to? And like, yes. I'm the outgoing one. Like he is the <laughs> introvert. Like he likes to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Like that's his thing. But he knew you, he could read. He you. read me well enough and like knew enough of the crud that's gone on to be like, come on, we're going to go play pool. And mm-hmm. I actually had a lot of fun that night. Just getting to like hang out and be around people. I think my eyes were still like super duper swollen from all the crying. <laughs> I kind of cried for days after, you know, of course. I mean, it's a huge life change. Oh, I mean, it was, yeah. to have no emotions with it would be strange. Yeah. Someone would probably need to put me in like a straight jacket and then like tuck right. me away <laughs> if not, <laughs> but having the friends that were willing to like check in and like listen and like 
let me cry and like whine and fuss and get angry about everything, like process the emotions. And that was hard to learning to process them in a healthy way. Yes. Not the way I'd always done of like just taking off and like going to rodeos and doing my own thing for days on end or like avoiding avoidance is yeah. Real good at that, unfortunately. Um, so that was an, another big thing was having those friends like gently kind of like push me to, to like deal with it right. because they'd watched me avoid it for so stinking long. Like this was years of crap that I just was like, nope, I don't see it. It's not happening. Like right. had my little blinders on. It's easier just to tune it out and not deal with it mm-hmm. because if you did deal with it, you got yelled at. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Like that's the whole like walking on eggshells thing or like. If you tried to bring it up, it was like, well, if you hadn't, and it's like, dude, I found naked pictures on your phone, not my phone. Like, uh-huh. what? Like, d- that was another one that like really opened my eyes. Like, wait, wait, you're the one in trouble here, not me. But and, somehow it becomes. But you talked to so and so. Yes. Da, 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 but da. you're talking to so and so. Yeah. That was like three years ago when we were all at the bar. Like, what are you talking uh-huh. about? You know, like dumb stuff like that. So yeah, it was just like. But I had to finally be ready to like listen and like hear that all and then give myself grace and permission to just break down. There was a lot of crying. My poor horses, like there were so many times that are like next would be soaked from all the crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> but and then having other people in my life that when I'd start to like shut down, that be like, no, like um, my buddy Bo, he was like the biggest one about that. Like he could really tell when I was shutting down and um, having problems. And then he'd be like, no, no, no talk to me and I'd get like all mad at him for like calling me on my shit, you know, he was good at it still is. (laughs) Um, but having that, but until you're ready to like actually deal with it, it's like useless. It's like watching paint, watching paint dry. Like poor Abby, she she went through a lot of that with me, like with all the dumb guys through college. And we met when we were like 18. So we'd done all the crazy stupid stuff together. Um, but she knew that like, until I was actually ready to move on and hear it and process it, it wasn't worth wasting her breath. And it wasn't. I wasn't ready to listen to it. And then it was like after the fact that all people were like, oh, yeah, we didn't really care for him. You know, we liked him for, you know, because of you, da da right. da Which, and I'm sure you heard that in some regard on the other side kind of thing. But big thing I also learned is people are okay to just believe whatever they're told because it makes their life like cushy and then like yes I I feel like that happened with a lot of his family and, and the friends we had like it was just easier to go along with what he had told them Ignorance because they bliss. well and they still have to see him they still have to deal with him it's he's just still it's, there it's yeah. he's still there I'm not kind of thing which is how I've heard some pretty crazy stories about like what all I'm doing I'm like oh that's what I'm doing these days cool fantastic cool. all right like <laughs> I am wild and crazy look at me go <laughs> pretty sure I was asleep by eight o'clock last night, but like, okay, whatever. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, but oh my goodness. Yeah. Trying to, (laughs) trying to process through all that. It was only because of the friends that wouldn't let me shut down and like helped push me forward. And I'm sure my mother prayed over me like 10 times harder than she ever has. And I am, that's what moms are for. I am the wild child that like has broken so many bones and like done all the stupid things. Still have yet to be arrested though. So I, I'm going to cling on to Look that Look at one. you. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on wood, right? Now I'm a boring mom now who like goes to bed as soon as the kid does so I can sleep because <laughs> she gets up so early. <laughs> um, but yeah, my poor mother, I think she started praying like 80 bajillion times harder over me to like deal with all my crap already. <laughs> Oh goodness, my poor my poor parents. Oh my poor parents. But now they can look at you and 
I mean, your parents are going to be proud of you. Oh, most definitely. No matter what. Yeah. But now they can see that you are living a happy and genuine life. Yeah. Not under this umbrella of what you umbrella are told you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the biggest compliment I got after, and I still get it occasionally, which like makes me like, all right, I'm doing it good, is that you just look happy. That, you do. That was the, uh, my dad said it. And I cried about it later, of course, because like, you know, got, you know, I'm a daddy's girl. So like when dad gives a compliment like that, you got to go cry about it. Um, but yeah, the you just look happy was like the biggest compliment. Like, OK, all this crying, all this like back and forth, all this like getting into my own head. It's working like I'm actually breaking through and pushing forward. And right. Yeah, uh, that was that was a big kind of step forward. Like, oh, OK, what I'm doing is working, you know, because I didn't really really want to go back to counseling and stuff like that. I probably should have, to be honest, <laughs> but I dealt with some of my stuff a little better and a little faster. Um, but yeah, getting those compliments is what like kind of was like, all right, this is worth it. This is working. The like, people who know you could see mm-hmm. the changes that you were making. Almost oh, definitely. It was just the biggest compliment ever, which was awesome. Like I got this, I can do this. Yeah. And just kept my playlist on repeat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that music that we need. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so now moving forward mm-hmm. and looking back, what would you have done differently? <laughs> Said hell no when I met him. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know. No, you did, I you didn't guys know. were together for no, so long. No, I didn't know. But I can pinpoint when a, if, I could go, if I could go back to I mean, all the things I've learned, all the things I went through. I mean, I'm glad he went through them, obviously, you know, yes. but at the same time, I can pinpoint the exact fight a month and a half into knowing each other, the exact fight that should have ended it. Like if I knew what I knew now, I'd be going, oh, hell no. Bye. Bye, Felicia. See you later. How <laughs> bye, bye. But yeah, seriously. But like, it's crazy. Like when you start going back through it and like realizing like what the abuse was and the issues and all that, like because you finally have learned to accept what they were. I can pinpoint that exact fight, mm-hmm. where we were, what it was about, the whole night, who was there, like the whole nine yards. Um, and I hope I'd be strong enough now uh, to be able to say like, no, this just isn't for me. Uh-huh. Like, you're, you're nice, you know, see you later kind of thing. But I'm better without you. Better without you, yeah, yeah. But I always tell people like, I'm happy I went through what I did. Like, I'm, I have learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a way better place. Like I have a phenomenal job, actual like genuine friends that aren't because of him. A lot of my friends, cause I, I was new to the area too. Like I met him at the end of my years in college and then like moved down to Lewiston to like be closer to him and stuff and mm-hmm. like my job. So I didn't really have friends. Like I just met people through him and like the you bar was working on to him and you lived his life. I did a hundred percent because there was the desire to, get married and have kids and raise cattle and like, you know, do X, Y, Z. So like what our, so, you know, our end goals were, they matched enough that it was like, yeah, this is like what I want. But I never really had true friends. Like I had Abby and he hated Abby because Abby saw him for like who he was from like minute flipping one, you know? Like, and so as a narcissist, he would hate her. Exactly. Somebody Be- who would call him out on his bullshit. And now having like girlfriends and stuff who their other halves are that way, and I've like I voiced my opinion because mm-hmm. I had some people not until after the fact. I don't think I would have listened, my stubborn ass. But now it's like I never want to be that friend. Like 
I'm going to say it with love and you can be mad at me and you can scream at me. Yes. But you're always going to know I'm going to have your back. So if in six months you don't talk to me and then you guys break up, you know, like I, I'm a person to call, like I'm safe to call because of that. Um, yeah. But now having true friends that I've made without any attachment to who I'm dating, who I'm seeing, like whatever, that alone has been so eye-opening to like to have these true genuine connections like we we barely met like six months ago and I, I consider you one of my closest friends <laughs> I mean shoot you guys surprised me for my birthday and stuff a few so weeks fun. ago it was a blast oh the next day not so much but like it was like, <laughs> but it was so fun thank god my bo- <laughs> thankfully having an awesome boss who's also like one of my closest friends yes. she was there so she like she completely understood the next morning when we were 100 like, when we were both dying it was great <laughs> um but yeah, that that alone has also made a really big difference to like mm-hmm. keep moving forward and like bettering myself and working on it. And there's days where I slip into like, you know, thinking like the, in the old ways and like the, having that cloud of darkness over me. But having those friends that are like, dude, no, come on, like genuine friends, genuine friends that actually like care. That yes. that is huge. You know, not just like oh, we're friends because like I was friends with your ex right. first. Like because they're. For you. They exactly. love you. It's it's almost empowering to think like these mm-hmm. people are here for me. Like these people support me. And that's I had the same thing where I was friends with people mm-hmm. because they were friends with my ex husband. And so we just kind of did everything together. Yeah, because that's just kind that's of just what, you, what do. you do. But yeah. it's like they weren't my friends. And yeah. then when we got divorced, I felt ostracized from this community that it's like Yeah. No, they really were never my friends. So you're like, oh, so they you got them in the divorce because like divorce and death and all stuff like that, that does make people choose sides. I mean, I, it does. I see it a lot at the law office, like, Oh, people really get weird and start choosing sides, but it makes sense. Like, you know, if they, they were his friends first that like, yeah, you hung out with them, but then it, it's tough because you're like, wait, I was at all those birthdays and those weddings and those big life moments. And there's all the stuff you did together. And you thought you were a genuine friend and a part of it all because you were included in all that, which is, that was also a hard thing, like uh-huh. realizing that I have like no f- friend, like quote unquote friends anymore. You yeah. know, I've got to restart. And that took like a good year, year and a half to like finally really start making some connections because you're just like, well, do you like me for me? Or you're just like, <laughs> do you like yeah, me? Yeah. <laughs> like you start getting a little weird about that kind of stuff. It's true. It's, I think it's really hard for some adults to make friends oh, definitely. as adults. Um, there's like so many podcasts that I've listened to and people are talking about like, well, Here's how to make friends. <laughs> For me, I need to listen to one of those just to see what it's like. It's, I really I weird. Well, like I don't know, I just talk to people mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I don't know, do you want to hang out? Do you want do you want to do something? Do you want to hike? Like do you want to be my friend? Yeah. Check yes or no. Like, I don't know. Beautiful I have no problems with that. Beautiful song reference. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how we did it. It was just kind of like it kept coming to spin and then what what are you doing? I know. How's it going? You know. I know. But those well, are like, good friendships. Like those are. Yeah, the I wanted to ones. hang out with you because like you're easy to talk to and you're fun to be around and you're somebody who like doesn't bring me down. You don't gossip. You don't worry about like other people's bullshit. It's always a positive experience. Mm-hmm. So those are the people that naturally like I gravitate towards. You gravitate towards, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem making friends. Unless you're Debbie Downer, then please don't talk to me. <laughs> when you get to a point in your life, you're like, dude, I've done all the darkness and the BS. And like, I dug myself out of that yeah. hole because of the divorce and everything that like, nope, nope, nope. I just want to be happy and life's great. And if you're a bummer, just like go away. Like, But then you also right. kind of have to like 
as you're healing and going through it, you, you kind of have to get rid of people. Like You do. Like, even 1, the friends that were your friends. Like, I can think of a couple that, like, I was like, yeah, like, this is just not going to help me continue to grow and move forward. And, like, damn it, I'm working hard at this. Like, I have right. my days and my moments, like, 100%. But, like, I'm trying to do better for me and for, you know, my future kids and stuff like that. But, like... You need yeah, people who are supportive. Yeah, like, even though we've been friends for, you know, forever... It's just not healthy for my growth. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there's people out there that, like, I wasn't healthy for their growth, that we don't talk anymore, which, you know, okay. And that's, that's okay. That's human nature. Like, it is, unfortunately. But, yeah, definitely needed it to, like, do a little call and, like, all right, see you later. And I think we all have, like, people in our seasons, right? Like, oh, definitely. You have your childhood friends, and sometimes mm -hmm. those kind of carry over into adulthood they're the ones you see like once every like a year maybe twice at like right. holidays but like you don't ever hang out and mm -hmm. i consider those like your old friends oh definitely because you talk about old things mm -hmm. there's nothing that you have that's like relevant and new and yes. maybe there's nothing in common that I, you have i don't want to talk about how we were at 18 anymore no. we're in our 30s like we're we're adults we've moved with kids on. Yeah. we've moved on like yeah, that one party was fun, but we don't need to talk about it every single we, time. Exactly, because yeah. there's nothing else. And then you have like your new friends, quote unquote, mm -hmm. new friends, and you talk about new things and yeah. new experiences. And you're in a section of your life that maybe you're all in and you can relate to and you bounce ideas off of oh, each definitely. other. And like those are the people like you have new friends and then they become old friends. And you have, and you're always, I don't want to say cycling through people. But, but you kind of have to, like, as, as to. things change and people change and they might cycle you out. They're like, you know, don't need you, don't need your bullshit. You've got some drama. issues. And it's like, oh, I don't know, I had issues, but like, okay, like, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, for me, my feelings are not hurt by that. No, no. I, I can't really think of any of them that I've like gotten rid of or gotten rid of me because it, it's, I don't know, which. Because it's like, well, there was a reason. Uh -huh. like, it just happens organically. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it does. Sometimes, you know, you got to kind of put the kibosh. But, like, I've tried to get rid of toxic in my life. Other people are doing the same thing. And I could mm -hmm. be that toxic person, 110%. And I just might not know it. And they might not ever tell me. And it is what it is, you know. But, I mean, that's kind of adults' relationships. That, you know, what's good for one person isn't going to be good for the next. Right. And you have to be mature enough to realize what mm -hmm. is good for you in your life what's bringing that positivity in, what's bringing in that light and being that person that can say, I don't need this because there's mm -hmm. so many, like, we don't like to lose things. We don't like yes. to lose people. We don't like to lose those relationships. And so when we feel like we are losing them, then we are losing a piece of ourselves. I think especially with the old friends, because they know the old stories, they know why you are the way you are. But that's also the old you. Mm -hmm. And you're not that person anymore. Yeah, but the, the, you don't have to re-explain your stories or like the backstory or why I this or my parents right. that kind of thing. So I think that's also another reason why we cling on to that kind of stuff so hard. Same with why you cling on to, you know, a next spouse. You know, you've told all the stories. You don't have to restart. They you don't have to relearn you. the favorite color. You yeah, know, all that what's, kind your of stuff. what's your favorite color? What's your favorite color? What are your hobbies? <laughs> Can I meet your kids? No. no. <laughs> Fuck no. Um, uh, that's always that's always the best line. That's always the best. But I think that's why a lot of women stay in these relationships mm -hmm. because you've grown this attachment to someone. Well, they know me. Mm -hmm. They know all these things. They know so, But is that something that you need to continue in your life? Is that someone who's encouraging you to grow? Mm -hmm. and is it healthy? Is it healthy? Um, there is a therapist by the name of John Kim, 
Uh, he wrote several books, one of which I absolutely love and I've talked about several times. It's called Single on Purpose. And I recommend it for people who are single or for people who are in relationships because when you're in a relationship, you're still an individual. Mm-hmm. You don't become this other half of this person. It's two individuals coming together. But anyway, in this book, he says, real love doesn't knock your socks off. Real love holds up a mirror. And to me, like hmm. that has really stuck with me because you want that person in the relationship with you to say, let me help you grow. Not pointing out all your bullshit flaws and being like, well, obviously well, you, you suck and <laughs> what you did. But to someone who will lovingly say to you, mm-hmm. let's grow. Like, what do you want to do? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. You know, when it goes back to that whole like relationships aren't 50 50. They are not. They are not. There's some days it's 20. Some days it's 80. Like, think, you know, when you're sick and there's all this stuff to do kind of thing, you know, the other half should be able to pick it up and, you know, help and not make you feel bad about it, too. Right. Like, you shouldn't be dying of, like, whatever disease you've got for that week, you know, with all the <laughs> stuff going around these days. I don't even know. Goodness. Um, and then still have to worry about doing everything because, yeah, like, as a partner, as another half, they should be able to say, like, no, sit down. Like, I got it kind of thing. Right. Um, and unfortunately, in a lot of those relationships, you don't have that. So then that's, I think that just grows that, like, Nope, I got it. I'm fine. I'll, I'll deal with it. Like I'm not well, going to. It just it breeds contempt, mm-hmm. and contempt in a relationship is never going to end well. Oh gosh, it, no. It it grows and it comes up like a virus, and it comes up in the weirdest ways. Like you, all of a sudden you're, you're you're screaming and yelling about something completely different. Like that does not need to be yelled at about. But right. you just need that outlet to like get it all out. Like. And hopes and prayer that they're finally going to listen to your issue. Right. Which most of the time it falls on deaf ears. And then you turn around and you're the one apologizing, just trying to get it so it's not awkward walking around the house anymore. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what do you think about people who are in relationships who are in totally, I'm going to call them stagnant relationships. It's maybe out of convenience they don't want other people to know that they're having problems. Mm-hmm. They don't like they've maybe been together for a decade. We'll say um, they have kids. They've got a life, but they're just miserable as individuals. That what do you do? Sucks. It sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Um, I think personally that a lot of women suffer in silence. Oh, hundred percent. They one hundred percent don't have an outlet. They mm-hmm. don't know what to do. Like. How many women do you know can just pick up and leave? Very, very few. And oh. I, I mean, I was only able to because I had, you know, such a supportive family. They they didn't counsel me to get a divorce. They didn't counsel me to stay. They were very neutral on it. And that was like a huge help kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I mean, especially with ones with kids, you, you can't up and pick up. I mean, I, I work for a lawyer that does family law. Yeah. I see some crazy stuff going on. And yeah, these women, they can't, they still have to stay. They still have to be around, you know, the kids have school, their friends, you know, all that kind of stuff. So they continue to suffer after the fact because they're trying to do like the best for their kids and stuff like that. But being stagnant, oh man, that just, that sounds miserable to me. Like if it's a relationship where you both actually want to try and talk through it and work at it and try Mm -hmm. to reunite the spark, hell freaking yeah. But get out of your comfort zone to do that, you know, like. If you, I mean, there's so many little self-helps and stuff like that. Like, 
make a jar with like pieces of paper with different date nights ideas you would never do and love it once a week pick one out something you know something as simple be as that spontaneous spontaneous oh my gosh I spontaneous. Love being spontaneous yes please I, be random please i don't ever want to make plans i don't really want surprises i, I don't want surprises because I, I like don't jump out around the corner and say boo no. at me but like just hey I'm, we're doing this on Saturday night kind of thing. Right. Like a little bit heads up. Double check the schedule because I probably have it written on the calendar yes. on the fridge, you know, but just and, and men suck at that. I love you men all, you know, I'm not trying love to be an man. ass and not like call you out, but I know so many guys that just, they're just going along with the flow and it's like, okay, as a woman, you're the one, a lot of times doing a lot of the cooking and cleaning and the kids and stuff because our work schedules generally are a little more flexible than men's because right. men have to work the crazy hard mill jobs or, I mean, they, they work way more physically intense jobs. They usually have more responsibility. Yes. Usually. Generally, yes. Um, you know, when a woman calls in for work because the kid's sick, it's like, okay, well, see you in a day or two. When a guy, right. it's like, well, what are we going to do? And, you know, uh -huh. like, Bob's gone kind of thing. Um, but then that gets hard on women too because then it just seems very complacent and that they're the ones doing everything, even though they're not. Like, the guy is, a lot of times they are helping and stuff like that. But the spontaneousness of everything, mm -hmm. like that is what keeps things alive. Bring your home a damn flower you picked off the side of the road. Like, yes. Little things like that. The like, little things mean so much. And it, like, yeah, a flower off the side of the road is probably a damn weed. It is. I and don't give a fuck. No, it's I the want fact, the weed. I want the weed. <laughs> the fact that you thought you about thought me. You thought about me. And don't tell me, oh, I was going to stop and do it. No. Motherfucker, just Words do it. Words versus actions but then on the other side you know if you're both at the point where you're like well yeah we're just like doing our thing you know complacency like, you fall no. into this trap yeah and just and it's a death trap you, it is and that's where you need to you say like you know we're either going to work at this mm -hmm. and like give yourself if you even if you need to give yourself right, six we got six months six months just to see if we can pull this power around and then genuinely try you can't just say like genuinely. we're gonna do this and like go for this, yeah. like, again you know words versus actions words versus actions but if you're both at the point where like you know hey it's not like and i think a lot of people do get that way when they have kids and stuff they have kids you know before they really get to know each other or you know they've just like they've kind of grown apart or whatever mm -hmm. and they literally just stick around till their kids are 18 and then they divorce and their kids are like what the hell like what the hell mom and dad's divorced and my problem with that is that you have now shown your children to suffer in silence to suffer in silence and that this type of relationship is acceptable hell and no. it's like you want the best for your kids. Always. You want your kids to live that best life where mm -hmm. they're out there being themselves and they're bold. And you they're want brave. them to do better than you did. And you don't want them to live a life where they mm -hmm. feel like they're being squashed down. Yes. 110%. You, you always want them to do better than you, whether it's financially, whether it's in relationships. I mean, just in general, you always want mm -hmm. better for your kids. And I really get that saying now as a mom because my parents would always say it now I'm like oh no I get it like mm -hmm. I don't want her to go through any of the crap I put up with and I really hope the sass that might kill me in her teen years like helps her do that I really really do <laughs> but at the same time I'm like you know I, I'll know how to have those conversations with her in a little different tone because right. I went through it like been there done that i mean right. you can't obviously say that to a teenage girl because she's gonna roll her eyes at you and like oh, whatever mom oh yeah because I, I did it to my poor uh -huh. mother i think i uh, i was like three months into college i called my mom and apologized for my senior year of high school <laughs> i was such a shit i oh. have also apologized to my parents i feel like i should do it again like i try to do it kind of regularly <laughs> especially now that i have a kid but mom loves to just like sit and laugh at me and be like hmm, payback and just yeah. like walk away and i'm just like payback. oh my 
half the time I just like look at my mom and just like give her the look like, yeah, I know you were right. I was I wrong. Whatever. Right. And that's what I was going to say before about, you know, relationship is, you know, you, when I asked you what you could have changed or what you could have done, you can't because, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go back in time. But knowing now what you know and living the life that you did, you have all this experience. Mm-hmm. You have all this genuine like wisdom. And I can say the same thing for myself. I am not who I was. Oh, gosh, no. A year ago or two years ago. And I'm proud of that day. I am so proud of that. <laughs> I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't know how much more, how much of my backbone I had just slowly put to the side. Yes. And how much more I was willing to take. I lost who I was. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that is... That is one of the another thing I think doesn't get talked about. You lose yourself for a mm-hmm. while after that. And then I had no identity yes. anymore. I was just I just existed. Yes. I did I ran in the morning. I did CrossFit in the morning. I would teach spin class at night. Like my life was trying to not be at home. So I can relate. Mm-hmm. And it's just who I was. I just flowed through the motions. Doing your thing. Just do, doing do, my do, thing. Do. And there was no purpose behind it other than it gave me something to do. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're just like, okay, if I do this, it won't let me think about that. And then I don't have to deal with this. And, and I, I had no, with that. no spine. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was hearing, you'll never be anything without me. You'll oh, never be anything got, without my money. Or, yeah. you know what I mean? And so now, you're like, I survive on myself. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, but that's the thing. It makes you, you think about that and you hold it in internally mm-hmm. as a woman. Those, you know, words versus actions, there's a time when those words do mean something. They do. And when it's the hurtful words, uh-huh. because sticks and stones may break bones, but fuck, words hurt. They hurt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was bawling mess in the car last week and my poor little brother, you know, like, and he's like all mad at this guy and like went and had words with him and I'm, I'm the big sister. It's my job to be the protective one. Like, not my brother who's five years younger than me kind no. of thing. But it did. The words hurt because it was like, I think what really made me so mad was screw him. He doesn't know how, because he was a psychologist. Oh, so that didn't help. That so then he was like, kind of like self-diagnosed me left and right, oh, which was gosh. great. But I just kept telling myself, you know, screw him. He does not know all the shit I had to overcome. Nobody knows. And I think there's also a fine line, though, of putting that backbone in, uh-huh. back in, refining yourself and going, this is me. I like wearing that flipping makeup. He didn't like it, but screw him. I did. Or I like eating here. He didn't. I'm eating that again. You know, those, mm-hmm. those little things, but it's a matter of finding that this is me and I have my backbone and I know what I'm, my, I know my worth Yes. and not turning hard and cold. That, that is what's difficult. That is huge, especially as a woman and you know, not having, you just, you start putting walls up and you know, especially as a mom, you, you 10 yes. times harder because anything that hits you hits your kids. Um, I think that that one was a little weird for me to figure out well, like of like how much do I like put out there anymore? Like right. how much do I take? Like that's a really hard balance to find. Because you feel vulnerable mm-hmm. and you don't want to feel that way. No, where you're so used to like, I mean, yes, you're vulnerable with your ex, but they know everything. So like it doesn't uh-huh. seem so vulnerable, you know, because they know all the backstories and like the childhood trauma or, you know, the, the friend that did the, you know, they know all they that know kind it. of stuff. But I think that's really hard. And it, and it might be for men. You know, I, I don't have enough divorced men friends to be like, so, like, what did you have to do to, like, really right. kind of put yourself back together? Because as a woman, yeah, you start trying to harden that backbone up that you just 
you took a piece out every time you fought and you just set it to the side. Now it's like, you're trying to like shove it all back in. Like <laughs> I can do this. But yeah, it's, it's how do you not get hard and cold towards everything? How do you right. process the emotions? And you have to process them like as much as you don't want you to. to. And it like some people go through it better than others, but sometimes you just got to break down and like let yourself feel. Like, that was very hard for me. That was and for I, me as well. I went through that hard and cold phase mm-hmm. because I thought like if I can shut everybody out. No one can if, hurt me. And no one can hurt me. If I can put up these walls, mm-hmm. if I can build a fortress and I can protect myself, I don't have to worry about being hurt again. Mm-hmm. And it's, there are days I still struggle with that. Oh, yes. 100%. Big time. Because nobody wants to be hurt. Nobody nope. wants to feel worthless. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to feel like they mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they're on this earth for what? For somebody to trample over? Yeah, what am I no. doing? No. And so, you know, you have to stop, reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Why am I thinking this way? Sometimes you need a snack. Most of them, I need a snack and a nap. You need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and yeah. it, but it's hard. Like you let these intrusive thoughts win. But you still want to have those human connections and those interactions. Right. And you want to you be out and about and doing stuff and having a life. Because now you have all this like time you haven't had in years you know especially when you have kids all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like hey i have them this weekend you have them that weekend so you kind of start making plans but then you're like but i don't want to be around people i don't want to like let anyone know what's going on in my life but you genuinely miss but you to miss those interactions stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's yeah it's all people whole, aren't meant to be alone no gosh no we're herd animals like i say that having an animal background <laughs> we're herd animals we we are we gravitate towards each other you know humans should not be alone like no, we just shouldn't be like, that's why solitary confinement's a thing. Cause then it's, it's a punishment. Like you have to be by yourself and like sit by yourself in the corner and put your nose in the corner kind of thing. <laughs> because as humans, yeah, we, we want those interactions, but it's finding the balance of like, how do I redo all this? You know, right. how, how do I have these conversations and like not talk about my crazy ex too much or like explain like my divorce, but like not be a complete stone wall where they like know nothing about me. And they're like, right. Well, because she, it's a part of your she life. Was nice. I think like, right. And like, I think she was cool. She didn't talk much. Like didn't <laughs> have much to say kind of thing. Um, and it is a big part of your life that really shapes a lot. Unfortunately. It does. It does not define yes. who you are, but it shapes who you've become. And mm-hmm. that is hard for me to say, but I appreciate it in the end. It, it took me quite a long time. Uh, I didn't really say that much until after my daughter was born Yeah. because without it, I wouldn't have her. And I know it's like very cliche mom, mom talk right there, but you know, whatever. I love my kid and I'm proud of her. Um, but yeah, it, it took until after she was born and like holding her to realize like I didn't go through all the bullshit and all the tears and all the issues and all like the attempted self growth that, you know, one day it's great. The next day I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life? You mm-hmm. know, I wouldn't have her. And you had to be brave. I had to be brave, yes. Um, and I, again, I know that sounds a very cliche mom. Like, She's the light of my life, like, kind of thing. You know, not going to throw out the mama bear stuff. You know, nothing like that. But she she is something to you. She brings you joy. She oh, she is does. Even wonderful. when she's sassing me left and right. You've met her. You've, yeah, yes. you've seen how she is. <laughs> she's, she's only a doll. She's a year old and looks at you and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. And just looks at you like, try me. I'm like, oh. Girl, please. No. Good girl, like, please. Use that on like teenage boys down the road, not your mother. I just need mm-hmm. you to walk over here so I can change your diaper. Like, come on. <laughs> I have one of those. Thankfully, I don't have to change her diaper oh anymore. Thank but I'm goodness. like, who taught you 
to speak like this. And so then you're like, oh, oh yeah, that was me. That was me as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh yeah. I, I teasingly call her my copy and paste because she looks exactly like it did at that age, except for she's got her daddy's blue eyes instead of my blue eyes. And she's got my attitude. Oh, does she have my attitude? <laughs> I, I just keep apologizing to my mom. Like, I'm so sorry. She goes, oh no, you were an easy kid. It was the teenage years. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. That's, she's already this yeah. sassy. I'm like, oh. Well, maybe it'll be reversed. That's what people tell me about mine. Because I was the same way. Mm-hmm. As a child, I was a freaking delight. <laughs> As a teenager, horrible. Why did they not put you six feet under? Seriously. So I'm like, okay, if my kid is this way as a child, maybe, maybe, maybe. It'll, be okay. <laughs> it'll flip-flop. And she will be a wonderful teenager, helpful, mm-hmm. responsible, listens. Ooh, that you no know. back talk or eye rolls. Yeah, I'm we'll see how not going to hold my breath. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then you're, you're hope, you also have to kind of hope that, like, you keep showing the self-growth and, like, yes. the bettering so that sh- they see that so they're not, like, down the road. Like, we all are going to screw our kids up in some way. Like, let's be real. Even, like, the greatest parents still cause, like, the We're problems. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're human. I've never been a mom before. And I've never been this age before. It's all right. new. It's kind all of thing. new. But then you got to hope that you're consistently bettering and like growing yourself so that they see it is healthy to like right go through those waves and stages and stuff like that. and you that. want to cultivate that independence mm-hmm. in them you want to help grow and like i see so much in my daughter that you know i wish that i had had earlier on oh yeah she's definitely. not afraid to do things as a kid i was really shy mm-hmm. and i didn't talk to people and i what i know that's so not you so weird. I know, but i grew up a lot like i really have grown up tremendously well, and like should be my parents can vouch like there were times as a school age child I would not talk to people. I wouldn't look at them. I mean, nothing. Oh, see, I was the polar opposite. I was a little kid leaning out of like the grocery cart going, hi, hi, hi. Oh God, no. I'd be I morbidly knew. embarrassed if My I mom did would literally that. have to tell people to, if she's just going to keep saying it until you say hi. But I'm the first person to walk up. Hey, I'm Hannah. Nice to meet you. How uh-huh. are you? Probably why we connected at the minute. I think so. Probably. Like, hey, how's it going? I, I think I started flipping you shit like, Right 30 away. seconds into the and first I was like, song. I like this oh. girl. I was like, no, not this song. I've done this song on spin before. It sucks. <laughs> so like giving people shit, sarcasm. Yes. That's my love language. And so if I'm giving you shit, I like you. Seriously. And you're going to take it. And but you're going to so like it. so hard to do in this day and age. Like, and then you it find is, someone you can do that with and you're like. People are so, yeah, when my, people are not friends, offended. Yes. Oh, my gosh. When you call them like, like a little bitch and they're like, oh, well, the da 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 back. And you're like, uh-huh. yes. Like, I know you just burned the shit out of me. But like, yes. Yeah. You're my, my person. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my peoples. Uh, yeah. When you find the people who do not understand you, they're like, why did you say that to me? Well. Why would you, why would you do that? And then you have to try really hard not oh to be sarcastic. I'm like backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. Like, oh god, uh, that, I feel so bad. I'm sorry, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But you're like kind of want to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes. But then you're like, okay, no, no, no. They are totally entitled to their thoughts They're and feelings 100%. and like all that. And I probably did like. But like, why are you being such a little bitch about this? But like, okay, like whatever. Like, there are times I'm probably going to offend people. Oh, 100%. I do all the and time. Yeah. And I know I do. <laughs> I know, I know. And it is what it is. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to say what's on my mind yeah. because that's who I am as a person. If you don't want to hear it, don't listen, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, there's... Pretty much. You're like, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I'm not going to hold your hand through life. Yes. Like... We're adults. We can say, well, you know, everybody goes, oh my gosh, children. And oh, what is the word that you say? Um, precious. 
Yeah, no, it's not that. When they talk about like, oh, out of the mouth of babes, right? Oh, when yes. they talk about how children just say whatever and there's no filter, and they're like, it's so wonderful. Uh, and the it, two most honest people on the earth are children and drunk adults. That's the line I've yeah. always heard because yeah, they just yeah. pop off and tell you. And well, okay, if it's okay for children, why can't adults? Yeah. Do? I'm not going to say something offensive, but like you clearly look like shit today. That's a terrible thing to say. Yeah, to somebody. exactly. But if I'm going to voice my own opinion, which is my right. You can also voice your opinion, which is your right. Yeah, but uh, drunk people. Yeah, drunk people are always a lot of truth. Yeah, they do. But I feel like you almost have to kind of watch that after a divorce, too, because you're like, Mm -hmm. my opinion was shit for years. Like, ah, I'm going to say everything. (laughs) I'm going to say it all. All of the things are coming All of the things. I am done holding back. Look out. (laughs) Sometimes we need to hold back. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and then sometimes it's like, nah, I just got to find the right group of people that don't care. Uh-huh, if you that just don't, don't fucking care. Exactly. Which I feel like we have that tribe now with like our group of friends that are like. I think so. I think we do. They're just like, yeah, fuck that noise. Like, that noise. Oh my gosh, Jade is the best about that. With her little one liners. <laughs> Sorry, Jade, I'm calling you. And I know you're gonna she's going to be so this. embarrassed. And I know she's going to listen to this as I'm calling her out. <laughs> we're all in a workout group. We're doing a six week like women's boot camp thing um, that yes. Beyond Barbell is doing in Weezer. And we had to do hip thrusters. And anyone in the gym knows those can just be a little awkward, you know. And anyone who doesn't lift or work out, like, the name is exactly what they are. Yeah, picture being on your back with your feet up, right? Like your weight across your hips, and you have to, like, thrust the weight. Thrust the weight up. And you're literally just thrusting Amazing for muscle growth, but they are so awkward. But, you know, you have the ones that, like, oh, no, like, people, like, avoid eye contact. And good old Jade's like, no, you look them in your soul. <laughs> you, you look straight I'm at like, them. I can no see so blinking. many people get so offended by that. And our group is just like, yes, yeah. that's how you do it. Like, you know. So you got to find your tribe that, like, that's right. isn't going to be offended where you can be, like, open and honest. Like, I know I probably have very different opinions on certain topics compared to other people in the group. And, but, but like, we can't all be the same. Yes. and we, But people should be able to respect that. Yes. That I think is like a huge problem in this day and age. Is it's like, oh, well, your opinion's different, so it's wrong. Motherfucker, no, it's not. Because it's, it's like different. It's just different. And, and that's like, the thing. There's yours that is total lack of respect. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that, I feel like that comes into play a lot as yeah. you're like getting a divorce and stuff and like going through all that. Because it's like, oh wait, I can have an opinion. I can voice that. Like, and I think that's on both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. there's definitely a loss of respect you know, men to women, women to men. Mm-hmm. And because you're going through all these emotions, everything is so heavy and it's intense and change can be scary, mm-hmm. even though it's obviously a good thing and it's a positive thing, mm-hmm. but change is bad. Sometimes pretty much go that way. professional help. Cause you know, it'll just probably be easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I probably should have a couple times. Lordy. Yeah. We shall do. We all should do a lot of things, but that, you know, we yeah. don't. Who's got the time of the day anymore? Who's got the time? But that's what, you know, that's what your friends are for. 100%. That's what there are better podcasts out there. There are yeah. books out there. We're just there. sitting here rambling, having We're a good just time. We're b- blowing smoke <laughs> up your ass. Um, but there, there are things out there for people that are so accessible. You know, there's apps mm-hmm. you can get on your phone. Oh, definitely. There's, um, I think it's called BetterHelp. You can get in touch yep. with I've, a I've heard that's a really good one. A couple of people I know have used that one. You so. Know, so it's like, it's not as hard as going to somebody's office anymore because truly yeah. I don't have a spare hour in the day. Gosh, no. But if I can do it driving down the road and, you know, or something like right, that. Right, because you're talking to them on the phone mm-hmm. or it's on your lunch break or it's whatever. Oh, definitely. But sometimes you feel like you just need to talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Well, if you haven't quite cultivated that friend group that 
being truthful is one thing, mm-hmm. but being mean when you do it, it. Oh, no offense. Oh, okay. Wait, like there is offense. There's offense. <laughs> like, and that is one thing me and Abby have always been really good about over the years is that like, we're going to call each other on our shit, but it's said with love. It's not with the oh, intent right. to like be harsh or like get under my skin and mm-hmm. like try to cause a reaction. Um, and I think that's kind of where like, yeah, get the better help app or something like that until you're able to cultivate a friend group that mm-hmm. is going to be real and honest with you and not true. mean about it. Cause, well, and there's also, you know, there's that saying that says, um, if you are telling your problems to more than two people, you're not looking for help. You're looking for attention. Yes. You know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have our friends who we talk to and we tell them things about our lives. But if you are looking for genuine help, that's what their professionals are there for. And there's no shame in getting help. And I feel like... Oh, no. And they're going to look at it way more, like, objectively. Like, when you go vent to your best friend about, like, your boyfriend being a dickhead... They're always going to take your side. They're going to take your side. Because, like, you know, you know, chicks before dicks. Duh. And, you know, but, like, at the same time, that's not always the healthiest. Right. It's hard for them to hold up that mirror Mm -hmm. and say, girl, maybe... It's you. Maybe it's you. Like maybe you're doing it because it, you know, because at the one end they're like, I don't really like this dude, but like she likes him, so like you know, I'm gonna be a good sport, kind right? Of thing. Right. Which unfortunately we all do that for our friends. We do. So yeah, that's where I think until you find that genuine group that could be like, eh, come on, tell us the truth. Uh-huh. You know, where's the poop? Come on now, right? Kind of thing. Like yeah, doing a professional help is gonna be like a huge important thing because you're not gonna have that support otherwise. Exactly. And it's, you know, there's times in our lives where you just need your friends, Mm -hmm. but there's other times where you start to spiral down that path Mm -hmm. and you start to feel really bad about yourself or you're starting to think things that you shouldn't think. And that's when sometimes your friends aren't enough. Yes. hundred percent. You have those and you need to also know what kind of friends they are. There's those friends that are going to go take 10 shots of tequila with you and dance on the bar, but they're not going to tell you how to like your life together and give you actual no. advice and so they may not be into self-help they may not <laughs> which i mean come on let's we've all been there we are we've like, all eh, been that no. person yeah exactly but then yeah having those other friends that you can have those deep conversations but being a good enough friend too to also tell them hey i think you really need to talk to someone like mm-hmm. um i've had friends i've had to tell that to and i've had friends tell me did i listen no i'm a stubborn ass but oh. <laughs> I can think you know, of so many times. They're right? like, Amy, you're really stupid. I'm like, man, fuck you. I'm I'm fine. Damn I'm it. fine. You don't know. You don't know what he's really like. He's Oh my lovely. gosh, famous last words. <laughs> he's really not. It's like he's the whole re- like, he's cuter in person when you're trying to show oh, the Facebook fuck. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he's so much better in person. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, there was a uh, boyfriend that I had many, many, many years ago in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And every single person told me this guy was just total shit mm-hmm. and he was garbage and i would always say to them well you don't really know him oh. you don't know what he's like behind closed doors he's different when it's just me and you, you know, exactly yep. and it's here's my thing now is that's a huge red flag yes. if this guy can't treat you well or doesn't want to be around your friends mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing oh. your whole relationship isn't going to be you and him mm-hmm. in your house at some yes. point, you need to go in public together. Yeah, exactly. And if he's going to be a dick, get him the fuck out. <laughs> and that's, I had to move away. Yeah. I had to get away from this guy. And mm. looking back now, I'm like, he was so verbally abusive to me. Mm-hmm. And he was a fucking narcissist. <laughs> Damn narcissist. I keep finding him. <laughs> Maybe I've got a type. Uh, Toxic. That's what the psychologist <laughs> told me last week. 
Morgan is like, you have a type and you pick shitty men. And my little brother's just nodding his head like, yes, yes, yes she does. Yes. I'm like, but we do they that. They weren't all okay. Maybe a few. <laughs> maybe that. There was maybe. a couple that were, weren't horrible, but I was in like high school and they were like very short lived and like whatever. Those don't count. Those don't count. I really and truly <laughs> believe that like high school relationships just don't count no. because you're so focused on your hormones. You're so focused yes. on what other people think of you. Mm-hmm. I can't break up with him because I'll be single and then everybody's going to talk about it. Then I don't get to wear his football jersey on Friday. Right. Like and who's going to be like my date to the prom? Yes. I can't go by myself. Oh, man, I went stag one year with like a bunch of and it was the best time ever, right? It was so much fun. There was like 12 best of us. Time. We all went stag. Like we were all friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. We didn't like, we didn't go with each other. We drew names out of a hat on who got like who a boutonniere and corsage kind of thing. Cute. And so we all got flowers and we all took group pictures and it was a blast. It was yeah. so much fun. Because there's no pressure. Exactly. Because you're still we, a kid. Yeah, we just didn't give a shit and just had a good time. And that was probably the best prom ever. Yeah. And I wore flats, not heels. That was, that was huge. Oh I, yeah. Yeah, my feet were just like miserable. As <laughs> much as I love heels, yeah. No, that's if you're gonna go dancing. Yeah, you gotta wear something. Yeah, wear flats. Yeah, I don't know if they can really call that dancing what we all did in high school. But, you know. Was it slutty? Oh duh. Come on now. Yeah. Teachers that oh cringy now. I'm like <laughs> the songs come on and I'm just like, Oh, I remember that one time in eighth grade when so and so did they, you know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. There is so many songs that come I'm like, I will hear the songs. And swear to God, I start blushing because uh-huh. I'm like, you finally listen to the words. Fuck yes. Well, and it's that, but it's like the memories that the song oh brings back. Oh my gosh, yes. Like the <laughs> dancing that I might have done. The other oh dumb my... things we don't talk about, we no, did. Yeah. No. yeah, so many, so many dumb things. And those are the stories like, I will not tell my daughter those stories, yes. but I can tell her with wisdom, like, Maybe you shouldn't go out to this certain place. So and my line to if my you wear that it's provocative. Yeah, my <laughs> line to my little sisters because they're two years younger than me was, if you can't talk about it in the daylight to me, you shouldn't be doing it in the nightlight. Damn, I know I was kind of smart at seventeen. Shit, <laughs> who would have thought? Um, but I had both of them tell me there was a couple times where that line popped in their head and kept them from doing some stupid stuff. Cause they're, they're two years younger than me. So they hung out with like a lot of the same kids I did. It was yeah. big school, but like not a big school kind of thing. Um, but that was always my line. Like, Hey, if you can't tell me about it, like the least judgmental person, like I'm your big sister and I guarantee I've done some way stupider shit. And I, yeah. you know, if you can't tell me about it, you shouldn't be freaking doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's been times even later in life where they've been able to bring like stuff to me. Cause they're like, they know I'm not going to be judgmental, but that is the line I plan to use. Like, hey, you can't talk about it. You shouldn't be doing it. Plain, I love it. Plain and simple. I absolutely love it. I'm going to copy that and yes. paste it into my yes. brain. Because that is, no, it's so true. And it is. Because that can apply to everything. Yeah. As an adult, mm-hmm. I can think of several situations <laughs> of when I've done stupid things. I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody oh about God, that. Oh my God. Amen. I've had a few of those too. I'm like, then why would I do it? Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Did for, I, was I for happy? For like five minutes of fun or five minutes no. of X, Y, Z. No, that doesn't work. Not yeah. even a little bit. That one's always a work in progress one, though. It's like some days you remember it really good, and other days you're like, cool. So Sometimes I, I think so we I purposely not, don't remember. Oh, my gosh, right. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, but hey, we're learning. Exactly. We're all a work in progress. And that's how it should we're be. We're learning, and that's, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to nope. stop growing unless oh, gosh, you no. decide to become a stale or stagnant person, mm-hmm. but you should always be looking for that next best version of you. Oh, yeah. And, and it can know, be something so simple as like, not, you know, snoozing your alarm 20 times and waking up yes. on time. I mean, little steps, you know, little steps. And it's little things. It's, you know, people are like, well, I don't know how to grow. I don't mm-hmm. know how to be better. 
what makes you proud of yourself? Oh, exactly. That's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, how, how do you feel like you've accomplished something? Mm -hmm. Do that, you know, and start small. And if you need other inspirations, go somewhere else. There was, um, one of my friends has a podcast that he just started and it's called permission to suck. Oh my gosh, and I love the name. He he is adorable and I highly suggest it. <laughs> I'm going to have to follow that one. It's just really good. Alone. It's great wisdom. And the last thing that he said on there, I think it's episode two, is try everything. If mm. you know, he was talking about his son, you know, graduating college or whatever, and, you know, doesn't know if he wants to do music or write a book or go on a trip or whatever. Mm. And he's like, try it all. Why not? Why not? Because you don't know what doors could open. Oh, yeah. You don't know what you're good at. You know, I like a couple things, a couple hobbies. Get better at them. Try mm. another thing. You know, a friend invites you to do something. A friend invites you to go out to the bar and play pool and you don't feel like going. Exactly. Going. You have the no, time in your I, life. And I have good friends now because of that. something exactly. as simple as that or joining spin class. Oh my gosh. I never probably would have done that. I've done like <laughs> a couple here and there randomly. Never would have stuck with it though if I hadn't like gone and tried and like made new friends and done better mm-hmm. and now i'm gonna die next week when i come to class but like whatever it'll yes be you all, are it'll be all good. <laughs> at least you know it i know it i'm very aware of it <laughs> so on that note i want to thank everybody for listening today this was such a fun time hannah thank you for of coming course. you're gonna have to come back again i will come back and we will talk about something new unless <laughs> unless the followers are like no 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 get this girl no, out of here listen to her <laughs> I promise next time my voice will sound a little better. I don't normally sound like this. You sound like a delight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great night. Guys, we definitely don't have all the answers. And we definitely (laughs) have been through a lot of stuff. But my goal is not to find all the right answers because we're all individuals. We're all so different. My goal is to create a safe space for women where we feel heard and we can feel appreciated. We're finding that self-worth and we're finding that value within ourselves. It's a work in progress. Every single day we're out there, we're learning something new, we're growing, we're helping our kids, we're helping our friends, and we're doing the best damn job that we can. Life is important. Who you live your life with is important. Don't let life happen around you guys. Participate. Live it fully, live it to the best. Be well, stay safe, go out there.